from the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is a Valentine's Day edition of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Thursday, the 14th of February, 2019. Danny Flecker joins us. I know to talk about the first round of the Genesis Open from Riviera Country Club. That's what I usually get when I have non-golf guests on to uh, talk about the PGA Tour event. But we are going to talk about the PGA Tour um, and the Matt Kuchar scandal, which I'm really excited about. All right. Um, let's let's first start um, here with um, the Super Bowl, because we haven't had John talk about the Super Bowl uh, since the Super Bowl. Defensive game. And it really worked um, up until... The very end, when Josh McDaniels realized they needed to go big, and Brady found the seams, and the rest is history. Yeah, it was a tough game to watch. You know, I get it that it was uh, the Super Bowl, and <laughs> it's the one thing that disappoints me is that this is last, that's the last game we're really going to get for another couple of months. So it really stinks to have a, a clunker like that. But you got to give it to both teams; they both played well defensively, and I think at the end we saw the Pats be able to adjust uh, both offensively and defensively better than the Rams did. I thought offensively the Rams didn't really adjust at all. They, uh, I mean, they did miss some plays, you know, down the seams, you know, to Cooks, and then, you know, another big breakup on Cooks by Harmon. Um, you know, those were the two big plays for them. Uh, whatever Gurley was dealing with, uh, who knows, but the Rams didn't really adjust anything to what the Pats were doing, you know, to them defensively, and then uh, on the other end, your Wade Phillips, you're having, you have probably the best defensive game plan you come up with in a while, and, and you don't adjust taking Edelman out of the game. So uh, I just thought the Pats were able to adjust better, and it wasn't by much. I mean, it was only 13-3, but I, I didn't watch that game and thought that the Rams were ever going to win it. Uh, the Pats put up a lot of yards. They made some mistakes in the red zone. I'm sorry, not in the red zone. Uh, you know, at, inside the 50, you know, the first drive at interception. Uh, a miss. Did he? Did he Gostowski miss a field goal? Yeah. Uh, no, he did it. Yeah, Gostowski missed a field goal. Um, you know, a couple of penalties to take him into third and long. So you know, the Pats could have put up twenty to twenty-three points. You know, if they were a little bit more efficient. But um, all that all that game needed was one big drive, and, and the Pats are the ones that got it. And the Rams just could not do anything offensively. You know, I was reading Sports Illustrated. I'm I'm a little behind, and 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 Andy Benoit said that that uh, he talked to the Rams center, who said that they had not seen this version of four corners defense plus the way that the Pat uh, Pat's defense um, blitzed and and rushed against the run. They they just had not seen it on film. They were not prepared for it. They got out coached and. Unfortunately, you know, we were wondering if Jared Goff would get flustered, and obviously he didn't have his best game, but Sean McVay didn't have his best game, and the offense didn't have their best game, and Belichick figured out another way, unique way to stop people, and it paid off. And he does this every single time, it seems like. Yeah, and I thought, I thought Goff had a couple of plays where he's holding on to the ball too long, and you and I, when we spoke about the preview, I said that if they could get Goff off schedule, keep him in the pocket, he'll hold on to the ball. And he did. So you got to give Pat credit there. And, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where you got to adjust throughout the game, especially in the Super Bowl where your possessions are limited. But, you know, the Pats do what they do. They had the ball with like six minutes left, and they capitalized and got a big touchdown. So 
Hats off to the Pats. Another good call for them. It's going to be interesting offseason, not only for them, but I think for a lot of teams this year. A lot more intrigue than I think we've had in a while in the offseason with Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. We already had a trade with Flacco. You know, where's Nick Foles going to go? Where's, where's uh, Bridgewater going to go? Is Eli Manning going to get cut? Is Odell Beckham going to get traded? You know, it's just a lot of storylines this offseason, and the NFL always dominates the news cycle. So it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. You know, the Combine is next weekend, I believe, uh, the weekend after that, and then, you know, free agency starts on March 12th, and, and then the ball will get rolling into the draft. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens before March 12th if any big trades go down. One last thing on the game. You and I talked about how Rob Gronkowski said it may be eight more quarters left in his career. He has not said if he's retiring or not. He made one big play. That's all he needed to do. And he stepped up in the playoffs. He was he was as he was as good as Gronk could be. And that's all the Pats Pats and their fans could ask from Gronk. Yeah, I, I thought that he did some great blocking. Uh, he had some big catches. That big catch obviously is that's a touchdown. I still don't think we've seen the last of him. I think he's got one more year left in him, and I understand the salary, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, I just don't know if this is the way it's going to end for him, even though they won. I, I think that as long as Brady's there, part of me feels like he's going to be there. So, you know, they'll probably find a unique way to keep him around and limit his uh, exposure. But if the Pats lose him, they only have one receiver under contract. And that's Edelman. So, it's, again, a unique offseason for a lot of teams, and it's going to be interesting to see how teams fill out as we get towards, you know, March, April, and May. You really think there's a chance Eli gets cut? Could happen. We never know. You know, it's an unforgiven league, and the Giants aren't on the hook for a lot of money if, he, if they do cut him. You know, who knows? I, I don't know. If they get pulled, if they get Bridgewater, they could be like, okay, let's use our capital now to draft the next guy. Or they could just draft the next, use their capital now and then move up in the draft. I don't know, but we'll see. You never know. You're saying Kyle Lalletta is not the future? I, I, I am not saying that. I like Webb a lot better, but obviously the regime that's in there now didn't. So, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. The NFL is in a uh, revolving door, so we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll turn, uh, we're we're talking. Oh, sorry, go ahead. We'll see what happens when free agency starts, though. So. Talking to Danny Flecky here on Teeing It Up. All right. Uh, we'll get to baseball at the end. Um, the, the Matt Kuchar story. For those who don't know, um, he won the Mayakoba Golf Classic uh, last November. His caddy had a conflict, John Wood. Uh, his regular caddy used a local fill-in caddy. He won $1.27 million, his first win in four years. And he proceeded to pay him $5,000. The caddy is none too pleased. Uh, and he expected to be paid more than $5,000. On the PGA Tour, normally you get 10% for winning. That would be upwards of $130,000. The caddy was hoping for thirty dollars or $50,000. He normally makes $200. Um, and... Uh, Mark Steinberg, who's Tiger Woods' agent, uh, but also represents a whole slew of guys, including Matt Kuchar, Justin Rose. Um, he's the boss of, of, of Justin Thomas' agent. Um, and and, and steiny has been handling this for Kuchar. And, and Steiny offered 15 k And the caddy said no. 
Uh, to me, this is ridiculous. This is uh, an absolute travesty on the part of Matt Kuchar, who should have paid him. If, if you don't want to pay him $130,000, I get it. He's not John Wood. He's not your regular caddy. And yes, you have a an agreement, but you have suddenly won for the first time in four years. You called the guy your good luck charm all week. And even if you don't pay him, you know, and, and it was 3000 and then there were like incentives or it, it, it was a, 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 a contract structure that was agreed to different levels of different things happen. Wins 3000 gives him a bonus, gets him the 5000 Um and I just think that's ridiculous. This should have been thirty or fifty thousand. You have a chance to change this guy's life. This is, this is a guy who doesn't make a lot of money, um, doesn't come from a wealthy family. He used the money that he did that, that he did to help his kids and help his family. Um, it's not like he's buying luxury yachts with this, and he had an opportunity to change this person's life and failed to. And for somebody who's now worth $46 million in career earnings, plus a nice little endorsement deal from Skechers, among other endorsements, um, he could have done some wiser things and instead went the route to pay just $5,000. And Steiny offered fifteen, not even Kuchar. And Kuchar uh, is kind of backing away from what Mark Steinberg was doing, basically saying that's the agent doing what the agent's job is. Danny here has a different thought, so go ahead, sir. I, I just think it's the same as what we see in corporate America, right? You know, CEOs, high-level executives make tons of money and they get bonuses for how the company does, and they're the ones that reap the rewards, and you don't see them going around handing out money to people uh, because of their family situation or anything. And let's take all of that out. You know, the guy agreed to a certain deal, and he took the deal, and if Kutcher didn't win, the guy was going, going to make $3,000 regardless. So at the end, it's Kuchar's it's money, and he has every right to do with it what he wants to do. And I just think that just because you, you could change somebody's life by winning that amount of money is putting a lot of pressure on somebody to do so. And on top of that, if this guy, you know, Kuchar, how many people were in the field? 60, 70 people? 144, if not more. So he, he said 144? Yeah. It's either 125, 144, or 156. I forget what the field size is there. So he had a less than a 1% chance of winning the tournament, and he ended up winning it. So, I, I mean, it would, would it have been a good faith for him to just give him more money? Probably, but if, if there's an agreed-upon stipend or whatever it is they were, that they agreed upon to, Kuchar did what his job is to do, and that is to win golf tournaments. So I think putting that pressure on him to say, well, you're going to change this guy's life, like, why is it on Kuchar? How about all the other rich people that go and play at those courses every single day and don't tip him more than $200? Um, if that's the case, then everybody should be giving more money out to the caddy. So I, I just think when you win the tournament and it's not your regular caddy, he had a good run of success and he, you know, he was offered more money and he turned it down, I think that's on him. You know, He could have taken another $15,000 and that could have changed his life too and he chose not to. So I think it's I just think that it's just a reactionary society that we live in that just because somebody does something um, that they they can do, which Kuchar can, we have to react and pile on negative press and publicity on top of it. On top of it, it just seems like a lot. I'll say this. The $5,000, 
um, or three thousand. Sorry, the the three thousand dollars is incredibly low to begin with, and I get it. Kucher didn't know how he was going to play, um, but that's low to begin with. I I would, you know, and we're talking obviously, you know, major amounts of money. But I I I, I would have started at a different base rate if I was Kucher, and built up from there. I just think. Winning changes everything, right? Winning gives you opportunities. LeBron doesn't open up a school for kids if he doesn't, you know, win all the MVPs, isn't all successful, doesn't have these endorsement contracts, doesn't have the financial wherewithal to begin with, right? It's not like he's some, you know, scrappling poor dude trying to win stuff. Tiger doesn't open up his... um his well, you got, you, place. You can't, you can't just say that that's just because these guys have means they have to do that. Everybody is going to be different. And, you know, if it were me, I'd probably be a little bit different, handle the situation a little bit differently. But just because Tiger does one thing and LeBron does another thing, you know, you can't say that, well, now everybody has to do it the same way. And Kucher chose to handle it the way he wanted to handle it. And if that's what the caddy agreed upon, again, it. it it was a less than a one percent chance of him winning the tournament. Is he supposed to just go back and, and say, okay, well, I'm going to change what we agreed upon, and then set a different precedent moving forward for everybody else involved? And somebody else gets into that situation where they need a filling caddy. That caddy's like, well, I'm not going to do it. Do you see what the other guy got? He got a hundred thousand dollars. I'm not doing that. So it just creates a lot of other you know scenarios that could potentially play out and. He was lucky enough to be able to be selected and made $3,000 on top of the bonus he made for a weekend's worth of work that he wasn't necessarily going to be getting in the first place. So both sides could have done things differently. Both sides should be grateful for what, what happened, their achievement, and maybe shame on the caddy a little bit too for not taking the extra money. But, you know, we can't always say just because you have the money or the means you have to do something. You know, I'd like it for my boss to hand me down bonuses when I do well and on top of my salary, but if it's not structured into my salary, then what what leg do I have to stand upon saying that, well, I owe, you owe me X amount of money because I outperformed my, my duty? Because you're not worth $46 million and, you're, and, and your boss probably isn't worth $46 million either. Yeah, but, at the, but he's, he's worth more than I am. Right, but... Um, I, and this is where you and I disagree, and, and maybe this is just one of those unwritten rules of golf that that when you have an opportunity to do something, I I, I think what's irking the caddy more than even the the offering of money is that it's been insincere from Kucher that that there was some kind of miscommunication, whether it was a language barrier or something else about about what was agreed upon, because clearly. From what the caddy told Michael Bamberger of Golf Magazine, um, the the agreed upon amount and the agreement for the week, he expected more to come in an envelope later on. That he just thought that the first envelope was a down payment. Um, obviously, Kucher believes differently and believes that he just stuck to the agreed upon numbers and then gave a bonus. But in my mind, this is a case of. You've just had a huge moment in your life. You called the guy your lucky charm. You're worth $46 million. Give the guy $10,000. Give the guy $15,000. Give the guy, you know, send a check later on. Um, to me, 
And and yes, the caddy did turn down fifteen thousand dollars, but I think he has a leg to stand on because it wasn't sincere. I think he's viewing it as not sincere. And having met Mark Steinberg, he's a very nice gentleman. Um, and and my interactions with him and Tiger's camp have been great, but I I can see how you get an email from an agent and not from the player, and you think it's insincere, and you think it's not what you should be getting, and that you deserve more for the work that you did, and you believe you should ask for more because um, you have a unique opportunity. And I get what you're saying, which is just because I'm wealthy doesn't mean I have to spread it. Just because you know I, I can be Kanye and have Kenny G show up in my house to... Uh, play Kim Kardashian songs for Valentine's Day, which is what Kanye did uh, today. Um, I'm not sure if you saw that, but that's why Kenny G was trending on Twitter all day. Um, you know, p- people use their wealth in different ways, but Bakucci had a very unique opportunity here, different from what I think your boss does for you in the sense that you guys are on more equal footing to begin with. This is a huge income disparity and a huge socioeconomic disparity between Kucher and and the caddy. And this is a really unique opportunity to change this guy and his family's life. Yeah, I, I think maybe Kucher's just not that type of guy that has that personality. That's, that's what that. some are thinking, yeah. So, I mean, it is unfortunately a terrible situation, but I think... You're not going to win either way. You know, if you pay the caddy all that money, then your caddy's going to ask for more money moving forward. And if your other caddies have to fill in, you're going to be asking for more money. So it's going to go both ways. And- I, I agree with you, except that if he had paid more money, this never would have gotten out in, into the public. This never, he would have never have felt never gypped. Know. It, never know. Because remember how the story started. This story started by a PG by this going through the rumor mill and a PGA pro named Tom Gillis posting it on Twitter. So just keep in mind that this story all started because of of hearsay in the rumor mill of locker rooms. This never leaves the locker room if Kucher pays a nice bonus to to begin with. Never know. I, I don't know. You just never know. And I think that you can't fault somebody if that's just his personality and that's the way he is. And who knows? You know, but. It's fair. Shame on both sides. You know, if someone's going to give me $15,000, I'm going to take it. So, yeah. I mean, shame on him for being prideful and shame on Kucher for not giving him more money for whatever reason. But, you know, karma's a, a bitch. So maybe Kucher won't be winning again for another four years. Uh, he actually won again uh, two starts later. But he has not won, but he has not played well and has not won since this story broke. So we'll see what happens now that the story um, is out in the, into the ether and he's having to deal with this um, more frequently. All right, let's um, talk baseball here for a second. When will Bryce and Manny sign and... For how long, how much money, and who are they going to? I think we'll probably get news this weekend, right? You know, I think this has gone on a little too long. And, you know, Verlander had some tweets about it earlier this week about how it's BS. I think 
one of them is going to Philly, and I think that's Harper, and I wouldn't be surprised if Machado goes to the White Sox. And I, I think you're probably going to see eight to ten years, two hundred million dollars to two hundred and fifty for each. You don't think anybody tops three hundred? I think that'd be ridiculous. Uh, both players are entering. I don't know. Baseball is just such a weird sport with that. If you're, if I were Bryce Harper, I would be like, okay, well, I'll take a four-year deal worth a hundred and fifty million or a hundred and thirty million. That way, you could hit free agency again. Uh, but these players, they want as much money as they can get, and Bryce Harper needs to make sure that he does what he wants to do. But they're both they're represented by Boris, I believe, so you know this thing might drag on for a little bit while longer. But I, I don't know. I, I think you're going to see between eight to ten years for both players, and somewhere between like two hundred. I think. The Red Sox had an offer out there that leaked was like 10 years, $175 million. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it's somewhere around 200 to $250 million for each player. I don't know. I think this may get drag on closer to opening day. We've got a stalemate here on value. And uh, in that same Sports Illustrated, Tom Verducci had a whole article about the gig economy and how baseball is becoming like Uber and... and um, and, and that, that's a very broad generalization. But his point is is that guys are, that, that older players are having trouble signing. There's been a higher influx of younger players who can play multiple positions, flexibility, utility players, analytics, et cetera. That's pricing out some of these people who are making less money um, for, there are more players playing. There are more players who get, who have seen major league time that the Dodgers are the king of this. With uh, uh, platoons and other uh, players seeing uh, having multiple jobs, but uh, some you know very effective veterans having trouble finding work, and and it comes down to injuries and close to opening day. And I think this actually could drag on closer to opening day, and the problem is one's not going to go until the other moves. So somebody's going to have to jump first because the other person's going to trump that immediately. Work. I say the work is there. They're just not taking it. And a big difference there. Well, well, I'm talking about all the other veterans, not the Harpers and the Machados, but the other veterans who are having trouble finding work. Yeah, because they're not going to need one domino to fall yeah. before all the others do. So yeah. I mean. And if I were a team, I wouldn't be waiting around. I would make my offer and move on from there. If they don't want to take it, don't take it. Um, but. I think the days of massive contracts in baseball are over. It's a declining sport to begin with. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, case in point, Kyler Murray chose not to play baseball. I mean, if you're baseball, you have to look at that and be like, what can we do to make this sport better? And they just aren't doing it. And on top of that, you mentioned you have AAA, AA, single A, low ball, spring league, fall ball, all these leagues for baseball. And, there's a, a pool of players out there that will eventually have an opportunity to play that make less money and, and will relish the opportunity to, to be better. And you see it in a lot of other sports, too, specifically football, you know, where you have younger players on cheaper contracts that are more valuable assets than, than players that are on bigger contracts that might have more experience or be better overall players. But if you're tying up your entire team or your entire cash flow to one player, how will you ever be able to build a contender? So, um, you know, it goes both ways again in this situation too. If you're Bryce Harper and you have a good offer from a team and, and it's not going to get any better, what are you waiting for? Let's go. At this point, you're 
you're a distraction not only to yourself but to your future team because eventually when you're signed, where do you think all the attention is going to go? It's going to go to you. And it's going to be like, why did you sign earlier? What were you expecting? Is this your first choice? Yada, yada, yada. So um, there's a lot of different ways to approach it. I know if I were a player and I, I was making $20 million a year, I'd be like, all right, sign me up. I'm doing what I love and I'm making $20 million a year. I'm, I'm barely home. The team pays for everything. I have it made. But not everybody thinks that way. And, again, when you have agents like Scott Boris that need their cut, they're going to try to get as much as possible. And Mike Trout sits in Los Angeles, best player in baseball, in anonymity. Oh, that's, uh, he chose to sign an extension with them. Yeah. That's on him. Yeah, he just likes it out there. And, and who can blame him? Everything's uh, different, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if this weekend we see something come through just because spring training starts next week and... Um, I just think you're doing yourself a disservice if you're either player because the season will end terribly if you don't win a championship on a team that you sign with. And a lot of people are going to come back and say, well, it's because you took too long, you were a distraction, you were this, you were that. So if I'm one of them, I'm like, let's get this done this weekend. Let's go to spring training. Let's get this the crap over with to begin with. We have six weeks until the season starts, and then we can get going. I'm with you. Danny Flecka, happy th- uh, happy th- not happy Thanksgiving. But it's, it's a long way from Thanksgiving. Uh, happy Valentine's Day. You too, my man. Have a good night. You got it. And enjoy, everybody. Thanks for listening and teeing it up.